Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, hey, hey. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna freeze. Uh, wait. <laughs> welcome one, welcome all. Points in the Paint Podcast. Another episode, another week closer to the start of the regular season of NBA basketball. I'm Ben Winstein. I am Zach Badger House, excited for the season to begin real, real soon. And I'm always in the house. You can taste it, Zach. You can taste it. We're about a week away, almost a week away from the regular season of NBA basketball to get underway. It's been a fun off season. You can go back and listen to all of our team previews that we have done so far. We have another one for you this week. Uh, it's Miami Heat. We talked to Miami Herald reporter Anthony Chang about everything involving the Miami Heat. Uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo's chemistry, playoff yeah, yeah. opportunities, where this team's going to go with Victor Oladipo once he's healthy. You know, we talked to him about everything, Zach. Yes, we did. We even got a little bit into Tyler Hero. And so yep. that was good to see how he's going to come out this year. It's like maybe a comeback season brewing for Tyler Hero. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the season's going to go for that team in South Beach. Oh, yeah. It's, it should be fun. It was a good interview, so stay tuned for that. That is uh, towards the end of the episode. But we just wanted to get to a few things first. And first thing is first, Zach. We did want to mention, of course, the voicemail because we did get a voicemail this week. It was a long one, but it was a good one. It was about uh, two and a half, three minutes long. Uh, we were able to edit it up for content and uh, for purposes of the episode, but it's good. Um, again, you can call 773-273-9088, 773-273-9088. We should just give out an assignment for this for this week since uh, next week, once we record, it'll be uh, the start of the regular season. So give us a call. And just tell us what you're excited about with your team. What are you looking forward to with your team? Because, Zach, at the start of the season, everyone's zero and zero, right? Everyone's undefeated. Everyone starts out with high hopes. <laughs> everyone's excited for the season to begin. So tell us what you are excited to see from your team this season. Hopefully we get a good amount of people calling. We can get a little montage going with teams from uh, across the country. We can hear what their fans are excited for. So 773-273-9088. It'll also be in the description of the episode, but let's go to the voicemail we got this week. Hello, please leave a message after the tone. Hey man, say man, this is Mighty Bass, Zach Boy. I'm calling in to tell you guys, and I love what you guys are doing. I love the podcast. Let's get down to it, man. I love the new uh, foul baiting rule in the NBA. I think it's going to bring the game to a much faster pace. Uh, it's going to flow better. It's going to make guys like. Uh, you know, James Harden and Trey Young does it a little bit. Uh, actually, Curry is the last thing when the pitches and games. You guys are coming back down, betting for a foul. You know, um, they are shooting the ball and not in a, uh, 
a basketball minute. You know, you shoot the ball and then you win. The person might be flying by you and then you win into him. That's not a foul enough. I mean, I get you a player. Um, you you initiated that content. So I definitely like that rule. The whole Kyrie thing with him not being vaccinated, him possibly missing games. I feel like that can get real messy. Um, but I understand his stance about being forced to be vaccinated. You know, everybody should have free choice. Uh, obviously, that's, you know, one of the things or supposed to be one of the things in our great nation is that you have free choice. But it seems like it's being forced upon him to get vaccinated. So, yeah, I, I understand, like I said, I understand his uh, stance. You know, it's nobody else's choice or people can't make him get that, you know. And, and the NBA shouldn't be doing stuff to make people get it. You know, that should be a choice that's made. The Ben Simmons situation, uh, that, that, that can get messy. That's getting messy as well. They were, they were holding money. He just listed his property for sale. I think that needs to be resolved. I think they didn't go ahead and trade him. I'm not saying he, he can't be a quality player. He can't be a star level, but he does definitely work on a shot, but they need to trade him um, sooner rather than later. And if I was them, I would probably trade him to the Blazers. It's probably the best return you're going to get. Or, or depending on what, you know, some of these other teams in the East could do. Um, some people can, can do a nice little package. Maybe Cleveland, you know, Collins, uh, based around Collins Sex, maybe some picks and some other people as well. Um, or you maybe might with any pictures, Malcolm Bogner, Kersavert. All right. We appreciate the uh, points of the painter calling in. It was a long one. It was a good one. He had a lot to get off his mind, and I respect it. Yes. Uh, the foul call. I do like that new rule that's put in place, you know, that's going to allow guys like James Harden with the, you know, the hook and grab or, you know, the the flopping that he would do or just, you know, putting his arms underneath defenders to draw fouls or, you know, just to foul the flopping with Trey Young that we saw a little bit that he touched that uh, Bass touched on. And so, yeah, I'm glad that they're going to clean that up a little bit for this season and see how it's going to really affect, you know, really down the stretch of games. I think that's what's going to be pivotal the most is what, how it's going to affect, you know, the last four minutes, last two minutes of these NBA games. Yeah, that was the most annoying part, I think, of NBA basketball and how it's evolved in the last, what, two, three years. We've just been seeing it more and more. Like, it's been increasing, it seems like, every single season where these guys are coming in. And now we see guys coming out of college. And we see them doing, I mean, Luka Doncic, he didn't come out of college, but he came from overseas and he's doing the same exact thing because he saw James Harden doing it before he got to the NBA. So it's one of those things where I'm glad now players can't just pump fake and really lean into the defender to try yeah. to get that foul. I mean, that, that it was absurd and it was absurd to see at the end of games because you could get cheap foul calls to come back. Uh, and, and frankly, it was just, it was annoying to watch. It's bad basketball. It's just bad basketball, Zach. And, and I'm glad they're getting rid of the rule. Hopefully. The officials found it as annoying to blow the whistle on those calls as we were watching it. So hopefully they keep their their whistles in their mouths, Zach. So that would that would be nice. Um, he talked about the Ben Simmons issue, which it's an issue. And we get reports today from our own Shams talking about how he may go back to Philly. Philly really wants him to at least come back and get back into the fray of things. I, I, I don't know if that relationship is amendable at this point. I, I would have to imagine he hates Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid hates Ben Simmons. And Doc is calling him out at the end of playoff games. You can't imagine Ben Simmons likes his coach at this point. It just seems like the relationship between him and the team and the star players and his coach is just terrible. Yeah, Ben. And, you know, it's funny with Simmons because, like we've said time and time again, you know, if he would just work on his jump shot, 
you know, it'd be a lot different. And people would say a lot of different things about Ben Simmons, a whole lot different. But here we are. You know, he didn't work on his jump shot. He was called out. And you're absolutely right. I don't think it's going to work out because how can you at this point go into uh, going to a team, go into a locker room with a, with a franchise where you're basically not wanted and you don't want to be there either. And yeah. then you see what you see, how Embiid feels now at this point, like, all right, bro, you just need to be here. You know, I understand it's a business, but you, you know, your feelings are hurt. And it's just a whole toxic situation. You know, that's, you know, that's the word of the day, you know, right now it's toxic. It's just a lot of <laughs> toxicness going through that Philadelphia yeah. organization. And it's tough because Embiid is good when available. You know what I'm saying? He is a MVP caliber player, you know, when healthy. And so to not have a guy like Ben Simmons be there because of he's in his feelings and don't want to improve his own game for the betterment of, you know, getting traded. Cause he's saying about, you know, the whole trade value thing. And that's hilarious because it's not his job. It kind of is, bro. Like you're the player. You don't want to yeah. have to go out there and perform. It's crazy to me, and he seems like it's the it's the type of relationship at this point now where it's like you were in class, you were in school, you had a teacher who forgot to give the homework, and the class is winding down, and then that one kid raises their hand and says, "Hey, teacher, you forgot to give this homework. Is this something we're supposed to do tonight?" That's what everyone feels like about Ben Simmons, and I think that's the type of relationship that he's going to have with those teammates. It's just just contempt, hatred. And that's not something you want on the team. And it doesn't seem like something that they should want to have him back for. Just try to get rid of him. See if you can get something from him because he still has value. He is one of the best, if not the best, defenders in the league. He's a great facilitator. And he seems like he's just playing the wrong position at this point. So he has value for trading. And then another thing that's interesting, too, you know, that's that's pretty that can become pretty messy is the whole Kyrie situation, which Bass yes. kind of touched on, too. And, and, you know, that's in our rundown as well is how he's refusing to get vaccinated because, you know, and Bass touched on it. But I don't necessarily agree with the whole being forced because no one's necessarily being forced to take the vaccine necessarily. No. It's, you know, if you don't take it. You know, in the state of New York, where you in order to be in certain places, you have to be vaccinated or, you know, show, show proof. If you don't have that, then you can't enter the building. And that's where he plays. And we know that's 40 some odd games plus the New York Nick game and the game for the Golden State Warriors on the road. And so when you have all those elements transpiring, that's what at least 44 games at 45 games at bare minimum that Kyrie is what it sounds like is willing to not play in order for this vaccine. And I think that's a detriment to the Brooklyn Nets team and what they're trying to do in terms of winning the championship. Yeah, 100 percent. And I agree. I mean, I don't think the NBA should be saying you have to get this vaccine if you want to play in the NBA. It should be a choice. And, Zach, the thing with choices, though, the thing with having a personal choice, and it's important to be able to have that personal choice 100%. Kyrie should be able to decide if he wants to get the vaccine or not. But what? Choices have consequences. They do. And your choice, (laughs) you have to understand that the choices you make are going to have consequences. So you may say that's fine. He has the choice to do it. But you have to accept the consequences because the consequences of not getting vaccinated mean you're not going to be able to play 82 games at (laughs) home for the Brooklyn Nets. And that is hugely important that is hugely impactful and we just it's not something the league has ever had to get themselves involved in it's never a situation that has really ever existed in the nba where a player 
puts themselves in a position where they can't play half of the games. You know, like, what do you do with that? Do you, do you, and he's not going to get paid for those 82 games. Is he even worth having on the team at that point if he can only play away games? It's so yeah. weird. And then that's another thing, too. That goes into the deeper conversation of, okay, Kyrie is eligible for an extension with the Brooklyn Nets. And so you have their front office, Sean Marks and all those guys. They're sitting there at the table and they're thinking about whether or not they're going to keep him long term. Right now, it doesn't seem like they have an issue. And then Steve Nash came out and said, it looks like so far that, you know, he's going to only play half the games. And which is mind boggling to me because, you know, chemistry, remember, they only played what? 12 games, 15 games at best together, James Harden, Katie and Kyrie. And so when you have, have that taking place and transpiring, going into this season where you could be getting better and building more chemistry, we all know they're all, they're all stars, right? We all know they're superstars yeah. in this league. So did not have that commodity that they, they probably want the fluidness. It, it can hurt them in the long run. It, it probably will hurt them in the long run. Yeah, 100%, because they won't be, they won't have the fully powered team that everyone expects that they would have. And frankly, they should be the favorites if everyone's healthy and everyone's playing all 82 games. Theoretically, this should be a team that wins the finals, or at the very least, can make the finals. So this Kyrie decision is going to be very interesting to watch to see if he breaks or if he figures it's just better for his wallet, like what Andrew Wiggins did to get vaccinated, because Andrew Wiggins was going to hold out until they said, you're not getting paid for the games that you're going to be playing. He's going to miss 82 or he's going to miss. Yeah, he's going to miss what? 41 games of playing at home in Golden State. Like yeah. it's like, what are you going to what are you doing? Like <laughs> it, it does. It, it doesn't make any sense. There's no way that is more important to you to like make a stand against not getting a vaccine than to play basketball at a Hall of Fame level, have a, a real shot to win a championship and to get paid the millions of dollars that you should be getting paid at that point. It's very uh, bizarre. Yeah, it is. This is interesting news right here. I was very surprised by this. So the Luka news, it's very interesting, too, because when you look at it from the perspective of betting, you never really want to like bet the favorite in an MVP race, especially this early on. But there are places that are having Luka as the MVP favorite. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but right now he seems, (laughs) he seems to be the sitting favorite at plus 380. And Zach, you know how I feel about Luca and how much I love the man and how well that he plays. I am worried that the Mavericks are not going to be as good to put him in the conversation to be MVP. I totally agree with you. They're not going to be great. Because uh, it's like, you know, that play-in scenario, that's what it looks like for them this year. You know, somewhere in between 8 and 10. I don't know if they'll be able to have the seventh seed, but somewhere in between 8, 9, and 10 is somewhere I believe the Dallas Mavericks will be. And that's and that's not anything to do with, you know, them being in a rebuild mode or, you know, a new coach with Jason Kidd or anything like that. It's just that I believe – that other teams have gotten better. Yep. You, know, I, you know, I just believe that other teams in the West have gotten better or will get better. Memphis Grizzlies, I do believe with Jaron Collins being, you know, healthy, they will get better by default. I believe they will win more games, you know, and adding Steven Adams and what I've seen in preseason and how they're using him. 
I definitely think, you know, they'll be able to win more ball games because of the addition of Steven Adams. You know, the Pelicans, they'll probably continue to struggle out there for the most part. Um, Houston, listen, they're young, but they're young. They're, they're young, but they're fun. You know, yeah. they're young, but they're fun. And so they'll be fun and interesting to watch. You know, the Warriors, they'll be back, right? I don't think they'll be in the playoff scenario. They'll probably, I mean, the play-in scenario, they'll probably be somewhere in like six. And so with Luka, with the Mavericks sitting on the outside of the playoffs, I just don't think, he'll probably have the numbers. I just don't think, no. you know, he'll have enough, he'll have enough around him to really be considered the most valuable player. On if, the I'm pu- if I'm putting anyone, if I'm putting money on anyone right now, right before the season starts, Zach, on someone to be MVP at plus 1,400, 14 to 1, our guy, Damian Lillard, I'm putting Ooh. money, I would put money on him to win MVP at the number that he's at right now because I think the Blazers, again, they're going to be a really good team. I don't know if they're going to go to the finals, but you don't have to have a team that goes to the finals to win MVP. You have to have a team that plays well, and, and I think the Portland Trail Blazers can be a five seed. Four or five seed in the West, if if they have all the pieces come together, if everyone stays healthy, I think they still have that possibility of doing that, and they could probably win a first round series. It's they struggle to do so. Oh. I know they struggle to do so, but this just seems like this is the last. This isn't the end of Damian Lillard's career, but this is really the last year or two where I think Dame is going to really just give it his all in Portland, last shot type of guy, where he's going to oh. try with this core team around him to make the playoffs and to make a run for the final. So if I'm I'm not saying you get a win MVP, but if we're talking about smart money, he is right now he is sixth favorite, at least on DraftKings, at 14 to 1 to win the MVP. So that might be the guy I put some money on a little bit if I'm feeling an MVP person. You know the person I thought you were gonna say? Like just flat out hammer. No, not <laughs> <laughs> not Jokic. He's kind of far down on the list that I had saw. You know, according to po- uh, points bet, I had saw he was like around like fourteen hundred or something like that. Uh, yeah. Nikola Jokic, the Joker, the reigning MVP. Which I thought, oh, yeah. you know, is it borderline disrespectful? I don't, you know, I don't know yet. I don't know if he's gonna win back to back. I don't think he's the type of guy that can win back to back MVPs. I love him. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> it was but, it was a hassle to get people to vote for him this time around. That's that's true. That's true. But I thought you were going to say KD, Kevin Durant. Yeah, no, he's you a know. great option too. I mean, he's the second favorite. That's the reason. He is. He is the second favorite. And so I think that's a that's something to consider too, especially with all this noise. And you know, KD, I just want to play basketball. So I think if he, with him going out there and just putting all his effort and all his attention towards, you know, putting that ball in the rim for the yep. Brooklyn Nets, you know, I think he should definitely be uh, considered every favorite. So is Joel Embiid, right? Because, you know, if he's healthy, he's definitely got to be in consideration. I think, you know, if he played enough games last season, you definitely should have, he should have been a finalist for sure, without question. You know, he missed a few games. He missed a lot of games, like 20, 20 or so games. But I think Embiid will probably be in, in that consideration too. I know it's the East and, you know, this Ben Simmons thing is crazy. But I think that just elevates his game even more with, you know, the distractions taking place for the Sixers. We will be making our bets for post or not our bets, our picks for postseason awards next week. Yes. We'll just go through the list. We'll give our names or give the names of people we like everything next week. It'll be that preview episode. We'd mm-hmm. love to hear from people, too. You can tweet at us at points in paint. Or what is it? it? At points paint, I think is what it is on Twitter. Yes. At, at points paint. paint. <laughs> and you give us a call too if you want to. If you want to let us know, text us. You can text us too. That number is uh, textable. 
at 773-273-9088. So just let us know what your picks for these uh, postseason awards are. We'd love to hear because Luke is the favorite, Durant's the second favorite, and uh, MB, who you just mentioned, is third favorite for uh, for MVP award. Finally, Zach, before we get to Anthony Chang of the Miami Herald to talk about the Miami Heat, just want to say the Chicago Bulls, they're back. They're officially back. <laughs> they're back. They're going to be one of the most fun teams in the NBA. I'm going to watch every single game. Lonzo's going to go off. That Lonzo Levine connection is going to be spectacular. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> Chef's is beautiful. Vucevic is going to be great. Caruso is is going to be the most fun ragtag player that the Bulls have had probably since like Kirk Heinrich or maybe I'm, Nate Robinson. And maybe or maybe Nate Robinson. That's true. I don't know if he's going to be able to score like Nate Robinson, but he's going to be able to annoy superstars like Nate Robinson did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited, Zach. I, I just had to put that in there. These preseason games, I know they're preseason games, but the Bulls look like they have the chemistry of a team that's been playing together for four or five years. Like They they look good. They look Pretty really fluid. sharp. Their defense looks like it could be good. Offensively, they're just going to play fast. They're going to play fun. They're going to move the ball. I'm excited. You should be. You definitely should be. I think, you know, I don't know we're going to talk about predictions and everything next week. But I think personally for the Chicago Bulls, anything on anything below a five seed in the Eastern Conference will be a disappointment. Now I know it's only been like yep. you know three or four preseason games for Chicago <laughs> I know. Bulls. Expectations but, gone up. But expectations, you know, they're doing it to themselves. You know, Demar Derozan, he goes out there, he's playing well. You know, and then I, some of the guys I do want to mention is Alize. You know, I like how he played for the Bulls. I do like what he's done so far. Io, listen, I know we talked to Cam, and Cam said it may be hard for him to crack that rotation. But you (laughs) saw those last two buckets like I I saw those last two buckets. So, Oh, yeah. So, And then Javante Green, you know, obviously he's playing well too. So I think those three will be, you know, cracking the rotation as well for the Chicago Bulls and, uh, you know, producing for them as well for them to try to win some ball games. Yeah, it will hopefully increase the depth of their bench. Uh, and Io, I mean, he was clutch in the final yeah. minute of that game against Cleveland. I know it's preseason. I know he's playing against bench players, but it's good to see at least he's capable of of carrying the team on his back in, a, in a clutch situation. Yeah, no, that's that's all you want from Io. That's what you need. That's that's a good step in the right direction in his uh, in his development on the Bulls. So I'm I'm just excited, Zach. I'm going to be able to talk about the Bulls in a hopefully in a happy tone, an excited tone for the rest of the season, for the rest of the way that we do this <laughs> pod because it has been a rough rough 5 years. 5 6 years of being a Bulls fan since D-Rose left and Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade teamed up. That was when the whole downhill trip started. Just began. <laughs> and now we're back uphill, so I'm I'm excited. I think the Bulls have what it takes this year. I'm not saying the finals, but I'm saying at least at least a decent playoff run. That's that's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. I pray for it every night. I sit down, oh, say please, go. please yeah, let the go. Bulls at least yeah, make the second round of the of the playoffs. He please don't, he don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> he was praying for those Bears to beat the Raiders in Vegas. That's what he that's was praying true. for. That's true. <laughs> All right, so we have uh, Anthony Chang from the Miami Herald on as our guest this week to talk everything Miami Heat. He previewed everything. Again, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, the the playoff chances, where he expects them to finish in the playoffs, how they can play against the Nets. It's got everything. So here's your interview with Miami Herald reporter Anthony Chang. We want to welcome a special guest on the Points in the Paint podcast. 
He's covering that South Beach team, that team all the way down in Miami, the Miami Heat. But right now he's currently in Houston covering the Miami Heat as they prepare for their preseason game. We want to welcome Miami Herald reporter covering all things Miami Heat, Mr. Anthony Shang. It's a pleasure for you to be on the Points in the Paint podcast. I can't wait to get back to South Beach, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. All right. So, wait, why, why you say that? I thought Houston was a nice city. They always say metropolitan. You know, it's a metropolitan city, yeah. you know. Oh, that's true. Most NBA cities are nice because they're big. I mean, I'm a city. I love I love big cities. But, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a Miami guy. I was born and raised down there. You know, there's nothing like South Beach. There's nothing like Miami to me. So Okay. <laughs> it's my favorite city in the NBA. I'm a little biased, though. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that. You had the heat of years, so no, there's nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> so what have been your thoughts so far as the preseason have been underway for this Miami Heat team? Yeah, it's been interesting. You know, you know, obviously it's early in the preseason still, um, but with with Kyle on the team, he just really gives his team a different feel. Um, okay. Only been one game, but you kind of saw his impact immediately with the pace uh, you know they were playing at. They were the second slowest paced team in the league last season. Um, a lot of that's because of Jimmy. Jimmy likes to, is a very methodical player, uh, but with Kyle, he really pushes things. Um, and you saw it in the preseason open. It was one game again, but they've been talking about that all at camp, and you kind of saw it in you know translate into that game how they really played at a faster pace. That's a big goal this year. So if, if that carries over. That is going to be a big change. And then defensively, just Kyle, the way his point of attack defense, um, the way he's able to keep guards in front of in front of him, the, the Heat haven't had that in a while. I mean, you know, Goron, very good player, for the, fan favor in Miami, but defense wasn't a strong suit. You know, Tyler Hero, just different guards they've had, they haven't been able to do that. Kyle is a special defender, can fight through screens. They don't have to switch as much, you know, up to, you know, on pick and rolls with him in it. So it's it just like a different look. They're able to play differently. I mean, less switching on defense. Faster on offense, um, so I, I although the, the most of the core returns from last year, I, I mm-hmm. really think there's going to be some changes uh, to their style this season. How how much higher do you think Kyle raises the ceiling for this team? I mean, it's tough. I mean, the East is those two top two teams in the East. It, it's tough to put the heat above them. I still think Milwaukee and Brooklyn, um, if healthy, are the top two teams in the East. Like clearly, I, I don't. I think there's a pretty Good drop off, you know, between them and the rest of the East. But I think the Heat are can be the third best team in the East. I really do. So, you know, I don't know how much of this thing is last year. If you would ask me this question before the season, um, I hope I would have said second, third because they had just come from come off that finals run and they had a disappointing right. year. Uh, but I, I do think they're in that Philly, Atlanta, Boston kind of that tier. And I give the Heat as good a chance as any of those teams to get to the third spot. And you know, there's a big question with Brooklyn of not only Kyrie, but injuries too. You just never know with them. So it's one injury away, and, and I guess theoretically he could be second best team in the East, or you know. So, uh, but I would say right now their, their ceiling is number three in the in the conference. So Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, they seem to build you know a relationship over the last two years. How do you think uh, the improvement of Bam? You know how you think that's going to be important, and how you think Butler is going to be able to push him for that to take place. Yeah, I mean, this team, you know, Bam, as big of a part as, as Jimmy and, and, and Kyle are to the success of this team, Bam is might be the most important player just because of what he offers on both ends of the, in the court. Um, you know, a lot of the talk this offseason has been about Bam developing more a more reliable outside shot. Um, 
And I, I do think he's going to take more threes this season. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to take two like two or three threes a game. But okay. I think he took like I don't even know single digits last year. Most of them were at the end of the shot clock. I could see some like they leave him open at the top of the key in rhythm. Like he'll, he'll let it fly. He could shoot him. Like he won the skills challenge a few years ago, and he has a pretty yeah. good. He has, Pretty good mechanics. Um, he's a good free throw shooter too, so usually that's a good indication. So I don't think he's gonna become a great, you know, like a, a prolific three point shooter this season. But I think it's gonna be part of somewhat part of his game this year. Um, he was a good mid range shooter last year, and defensively, what he does on the perimeter at his position, I mean, there's not really anybody else that can do what he does. So um, it, it is important for for the Heat, you know, for him to continue to improve, um, and I think he will because he has every year. Um, but I also think it's it was good for him to have a full off season. Um, I know he had the Team USA experience, but just to have an off season, a, somewhat of a break. He was never really a hundred percent last season. He had the shoulder injury in the finals, had a month off season. He kind of he didn't really lift weights all of, all of the season because uh, he his shoulder was hurt. He dropped he lost weight because of that. This off season he gained fifteen pounds, comes in hundred percent healthy. So those are all good things for Bam and the Heat. Man, I, I'm just trying to think of uh, how good that Heat team can be. If even, like, Bam is yeah. a little threatening to take a three-point shot, that's just going <laughs> to open so many things up. Yeah, no, it, it's, again, it's been, been a popular topic of conversation, and we're probably, like, I would I would admit, like, the, the media down here is probably making too much of it. I still don't think he's going to be taking, you know, even one three a game probably this season. Sure. But I, I just could see, you know, even it's half of attempt a game or you, you – you, you might hesitate a little bit to, to to leave him open, you know, from that from that deep. So I, I do think eventually that's going to become um, a more consistent part of his game. It probably won't happen this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see a step toward that uh, this season. So let's talk a little bit about the bubble finals uh, breakthrough superstar Tyler Hero. Um, yeah. He obviously you know went off in the bubble and and got a namesake for that. People knew him afterwards, and he comes into last season and it is kind of dis- disappoints. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, disappointing, frankly. So what? Looking at the way he's played this preseason and kind of the expectations for him this upcoming season, what what do you see from him? What kind of contributor do you think he can be? Can he improve? on what he has been to the team or does he kind of know who he is now and, and kind of his role on the heat? I think his role is definitely clear this season. Last year, he, he began the year as a starter. I think he wanted to see if he could be that starting point guard and play in that role. Um, it really didn't work out. Um, he then moved to the bench and it was kind of, I, I think that look, if you look statistically at his season from his rookie year to the second year, his stats were actually better in his second season. Um, but I think when you look at the context of it, I agree with you. It wasn't exactly a uh, improvement on his rookie season because he was so good in the bubble. The expectations were so high. Yeah, he, that was kind of his so fault. Much time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that, just that bubble run, like, people just expected him to come out of the catapult out of that and be, like, an all-star caliber player. And it was probably too fast for him to, to really realistically expect that. I mean, he's he's still only 21 years old. Um, he, he again, he didn't really succeed as a starter last year. So I just think all of that kind of together, uh, it, people look at last season as a disappointment for him. But I, I will say, you look at the numbers and they weren't terrible. I mean, they weren't maybe sure. what you expect. They weren't, they, but they were a little bit improved from his rookie year. So I, I think he's in, again, I think he's going to continue to improve. He's still the youngest player on the roster um, at 21 years old. Um, he's, he's 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 solidified, you know, in a six. He's like 
basically in a six-man role. There's no like question of is he going to start, is he not going to start, you know. So that conversation is is no more, uh, at least this season. Um, so I, I do think he's going to become better. He had this really the first full NBA offseason, which he made a big point about, kind of reminding people he'd really never had had an offseason before because of last uh, yeah, wow. season last year was. And he yeah. also added weight. He added, um, just like Bam, he added 10 to 15 pounds. And you could see it. Um, so I think that will help him, especially defensively, with being able to stay on the floor um, because he will be might be able to um, stay in front of guys and, and, and hold his own. So – What's the lineup looking like for the Miami Heat this upcoming season? Like, well, who's going to start? Well, I, th- I think I think one of the good things about this team, although there are new faces, I think it's pretty clear right now who's going to start if they're healthy. It's going to be um, Jimmy, um, Kyle, obviously, Duncan, PJ Tucker, and Bam. Okay, um, so okay. Yeah, it's, PJ PJ has been working that starting role. Uh, they had an open scrimmage. He started with that group preseason. He started um, so. Feel pretty confident right now, saying that PJ, if he, if he's available, will start opening night. Um, and then the bench, you know, the first three off the bench: Tyler Hero, who we just spoke about, Dwayne Dedman as as Bam's backup, and then they have Markeith Morris, uh, who will probably play some, you know, play behind PJ, and also might be able to play some center, just because he is when he want to play, uh, play small ball lineups, he could play at center. Uh, and then they have Max Struess and Gabe Vincent as kind of like that ninth, ninth and tenth uh, guys off the bench in the back end of the rotation. So. Miami seems to always find this like diamond in the rough player, you know, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn had a run where he was, he was practically my rookie of the year, his, his rookie year. So, you know, he had, he had a spectacular uh, year in my opinion. So who's that next player the Miami he has that can be, you know, on the fans radar for this upcoming season? There are a few. Um, I, I think one of their two way contract players is, is going to have a role on this team. And he had done in the past, like we just talked about it. Um, Gabe Vince and Max Struess, like now they're probably somewhere in the rotation. They were their two way guys last season. I, I think Caleb Martin, who you guys probably know, obviously he was an NBA, he was a standard contract player for the Charlotte Hornets the past two seasons. The Heat somehow found, found a way to get him on a two way deal. Um, he's one of the more experienced two way guys in the league. Um, he's been impressive so far. It's early, but just his two-way ability defensively at the wing position. Uh, he's long. Um, he can get he can get to the rim, draw fouls, finish. Um, three-point shooting needs a little bit of work, but um, he's shown in the past that he he's a he's a streaky shooter. So he 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 does have the ability to make it. He just has to become more consistent from there. So I, I do think that, especially on a team that's a little older, I think Caleb Martin is going to have a role on this team uh, as a two-way guy. And then you look. At, Further on the roster, I mean, Marcus Garrett, the Heat's other two-way guy, he might not be ready to contribute in the NBA immediately. He might spend more time in, in the G League. Uh, but he was a former defensive player of the year in college at Kansas. Um, he impressed in summer league. He's another guy to, to keep an eye on. Um, and then Omar Yurtseven, uh, who in summer league really impressed and earned a standard contract from the Heat. Um, again, I don't know how much he'll play this season, but he's definitely talented and has a lot of offensive skill for a seven-footer. I mean, he could score in three in the mid-range in the post. Um, still learning and improving defensively, mm-hmm. um, but he's another young guy um, that, with his size and his offensive skill level, like he's gonna he's gonna have an NBA career. Man, former Bull Max Truce too. I was I was a little upset when they gave him away. <laughs> yeah, and he's really developed. I mean, even last year, I think you know it was it was a weird camp. Obviously, last year was a shortened camp, um, and he was added as an Exhibit Ten guy, kind of competing for that two way spot. And, and the Heat were impressed immediately. Um, because he, he's not just a shooter. Everyone thinks he's just a shooter, but he's pretty athletic. Right. Um, and he's 
uh, he can hold his own defensively as well. So, um, and he's gotten better. I mean, in summer league, he, you could tell. You, you always want to look for your guys in summer league, at least the NBA, the ones on, the, on your NBA roster, mm-hmm. to really stand out. And Max Schuster is one of those guys. Like he looked like an NBA player. He was often the best player, one of the best players in the court in summer league, which is usually a sign of this guy belongs in the league. Yeah, certainly. I know a guy will be, and myself will be rooting for just because you know that Chicago roots. Um, so Anthony, for our uh, preview for the Brooklyn Nets, we talked to our friend Keith McPherson from Talking Nets, and we asked him, you know, what teams are he scared of for the Nets to face? And the Bucks obviously were one of those, and he mentioned the Heat as one of those teams. Do you see the Heat? Uh, and I know you said, you know, maybe top five type of team in the East. Are they a team that could give these top teams a, a run for their money in a seven game series when you come playoff time? I, I think so, but it's because of their their defensive potential. I think. Okay. I think offensively, you you hope that this can be like a basically an average offensive team because there are question marks offensively with with this roster, but defensively they have to be top five to really live up to their potential. And they have the roster to do it. But if you look, I mean, Victor Oladipo is a guy we haven't talked about. Okay. Um, You know, he's expected to come back at some point this year. It might not be until February or later in the season. But if he's back and you could throw a lineup out of Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, P.J. Tucker, and Bam Adebayo. Ooh-wee. Yeah. Offensively, again, I don't know if they can keep up with the Nets. Probably not. But defensively, they they have enough guys in the perimeter to really give all their stars some issues. Um, And they're one of the only teams that can really do that. So I think from that perspective, yeah, I don't think any of those teams really want to face the Heat, especially if Victor Oladipo is healthy, because they have so many um, really, really good defenders. Those are going to be some gross games. Yeah. With that defensive lineup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Might be tough to watch, but. it's one of those teams that, like, you don't – if you're an outsider, you, maybe you don't love watching, but if you're, you're a fan of you just you, – you You're know. like, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Vic, that's funny you mentioned Vic because we didn't talk about him, but he is another player that you could probably consider an under-the-radar guy that can really put this team over the top. Yeah, I mean, he lifts the ceiling of this team, right? I mean, it, it, it depends on what Vic you get. Um, you know, just two or three years ago, he was – an all-star, one of the better players in the NBA. Obviously, a lot has happened since then. Yeah. Um, but if he's healthy and he's like, even last year when he was playing, you know, based on one leg, he needed to have the surgery again, he was averaging close to 20 points a game. Now, the Heat don't need that from him when he returns. Um, but if he can, he's going to play off the bench, and if he can give him like 12 to 14 points and really, really solid defense, and you could throw out lineups where you have – all those, you know, basically two-way guys. I mean, Vic, Vic could be a, t- a two-way player for them where he can score, obviously, and he can also really be a good defender. Um, it really lifts the ceiling for this Heat team to, you know, yeah, I mean, third in the East for sure, but maybe even being able to really give the Bucks or the Nets a, a challenge in a playoff series. So final question. Final question, Anthony. And yes. this is our best question because it's for you. It's your own personal question for you to answer. All right. What's your hottest take on the Miami Heat for this upcoming season? It could be anything. It could be, it could be how they're going to finish. It could be a crazy trade that may take place. It could be anything. Your own personal take on the Miami Heat for this upcoming season. Um, man, I don't even know if it's considered hot at this point, but I think that they're, I think they're going to be a top five team, a top five defense in the league. One. 
And then I'll give you an extra one of I think Tyler Hero is going to be a top contender for the six man of the year award this season. Ooh, six man. Okay, so if I he's like six man, yeah, I do too. If he's six man, what about what do you have him on the most improved uh, chances? Most improved, uh, man, it's so tough because guys come out of nowhere. But I mean, yeah, if he's if he's in this if he's up there on the list for six man of the year award, then he has to be up on the list for most improved. So yeah, I think he'll be a candidate for both those. Uh, both those um, awards this season. But I just think Tyler, you know, he's going to score points. He's going to score probably around 15, 16 points a game. And off the bench, you know, guys who do that, if he can do it efficiently this year, or at least more efficiently than did last season, um, I think he'll he'll get real consideration for that award. Well, Anthony Chang, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, where can people find you online, uh, on Twitter, and uh, find your work and everything like that? Yeah, MiamiHero.com to read all my stuff. Um, and then at Anthony underscore Chang uh, to follow me on Twitter and keep up with you know all the latest heat news and, and content. Awesome. We appreciate sweet, you joining us. Sweet, sweet. Yes, we definitely appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. We want to thank Anthony for coming on. Appreciate him. Love his hot take. I think the heat should be pretty good this year. Yes, I totally agree. You know, it was great for him to really dissect you know, what he talked about with Bam and his improvement and what they expect out of Bam out of bio and how, you know, Jimmy Butler's really going to push that. And, you know, so this team, like I said, they, they should be in the mix, you know, somewhere at the top of the Eastern Conference for sure. And, you know, Victor Oladipo, I think, is that hidden gem. And defensively, oh, my goodness. Yeah. They can really lock in defensively with Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, and Jimmy just alone on the perimeter. Then you got Pest, PJ Tucker, and you got Bam Adebayo holding it down, you know, down low. Yeah, that can be a team that can really, you know, put teams in a clamp situation where they can get opportunities to go on runs where they just look great on defense. Yeah, we we said it too at the end. I mean, it's going to be a gross team sometimes to watch. They're probably not going to get buckets at a consistent rate, but the teams that they play are just going to be frustrated. They're not going to be able to do their normal offensive routines. They're not going to be able to do the plays, and the game plan is not going to work out. It's going to be ugly. It may look like 90s basketball where these scores are ending, you know, 95, 89 type of thing. But they're going to be doing they're going to be doing work. They're going to be getting wins that way. They're going to be holding teams under 100 points. And if they do that, they have a shot to win against any team in the NBA at that point. So – Again, we want to thank Mr. Anthony Chang for joining us from the Miami Herald, talking everything about that team all the way down in the South Beach, the Miami Heat. Big things on the way for that team as they added, you know, Kyle Lowry. But in the meantime, this is going to conclude this edition of the Points in the Paint podcast presented by Stadium. Make sure you follow and subscribe, rate and review Points in the Pain podcast, wherever you get your podcast, you're looking to make some money, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Sharp Lessons with my main man, Ben Wittenstein and Nate Jacobson. As this NBA season gets squared away, make sure you stay tuned and find out what they're betting, everything around the association, and of course, the NFL and college football as those continue this season. Now, my main man, as well, Mr. Felder, Michael Felder. I've been getting very acquainted with him being lately as it relates to college football. That man yeah, is yeah, pretty yeah. smart. And he so knows the stuff. You do not want to miss Tate Don't Live, the podcast with Michael Felder. He's talking everything football. Gets great deep analysis and has great guests. And you will hear from, Z- from Zach B. That's me. 
and my main man, Ben Wittenstein. You'll hear from us next week. <laughs>